Welcome to the Axios Wellness Podcast. This is Ed and Brittany Holmes, your hosts and owners and coaches of Axios Wellness. And today's episode is really a continuation from last week. So we kind of started off on a journey. We're going to continue that journey today. Yeah, um, we spend a three to four minute sidetrack talking about road trips and how formative they are. Don't worry about it. It's definitely relevant. It's very relevant. And it's, we get, we're going to talk about boundaries today and road trips. Yes. Largely boundaries though. We established the premise of what boundaries are, the importance that they have on our own formation and ultimately how a lack of them dictates dysfunction in our relationships. Right. Let's get into it. So last week, we introduced the concept of being in the box. Yeah. Right? And high level, if you haven't listened, go back and listen to it. It'll be helpful for the context of this. But when you're in the box with someone, you can't actually see them clearly as they are in this present moment. You can only see the story version of them that you've been perpetuating in your mind over a series of time and vice versa. Yeah. In essence, we're both playing characters in this sitcom that we've created. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And it's not a very funny sitcom. No. (laughs) It's pretty painful. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, I, I do think it's worth calling out how addicting writing stories about people is oh man because it feels so good yeah to be right about how wrong they are yes like it doesn't matter if this is your significant other or your boss or a friend or a family member like this shows up everywhere yeah and then like the power i feel by predetermining how someone's going to respond and then observing that Right? And then I get to reconfirm to myself that they always, they never, I always, it's always on me. All that, I'm the one taking responsibility. They're the one who's deferring it. They're always mean. I'm always nice. And the humbling thing is realizing that is all a story I've been choosing to write. Because again, our brains doesn't care about the quality of the information. Or the quantity. Or the quantity. It's only looking, looking for cognitive ease. So whatever story I've written... It's going to focus on the things that will confirm that narrative, Mm -hmm. no matter how big or small. So today, we're going to get into how we get out of the box. We're going to begin a (laughs) multi-episode journey. Yeah, we're going to take you on a journey. Of how to get out of the box. Because there's... Pack your snacks. We realized... (laughs) (laughs) Pack your your road trips. Yeah, get ready. Yeah. Do you remember the Muddy Buddies? Oh, did you, ever, I, did you ever have homemade Muddy Buddies? You know how I was raised. I did not have homemade Muddy Buddies. <laughs> <laughs> no offense to my mom and dad. But that is what a gas station is for. You So we, we, oh my God. we have made so much improvement in our nutrition. <laughs> and I still, instead of it being a Diet Pepsi and Muddy Buddies, it's an <laughs> Apple and a LaCroix now. But I, so a Muddy Buddy. You don't, wait, Molly, our producer is asking us what a Muddy Buddy is. No idea. Okay, so a Muddy Buddy, correct me if I'm wrong. It's been a minute. It's, it's Chex, the Chex cereal. And you make this coating that's like peanut butter and chocolate. And you toss the Muddy Buddies in it. It's like a liquid mixture and it kind of sets up. And then you, you cover it in powdered sugar. What's the Muddy Buddy? So that is what a Muddy Buddy is. That's what it's called. Dog chow. Yeah, same dog thing. Chow. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. Who's gonna eat dog chow? So hey, I can't wait to sit down and have Molly's some dog from, chow. I'm from the Midwest. Yeah, Molly's from the Midwest. <laughs> we call it dog chow. Oh and, my gosh. And 
What's the word that she pronounces wrong and it makes me question her intelligence? It's a mercantile. All right, we're way behind the weeds. It doesn't matter, but it's wrong. All right, we, we're uh-huh. recording a podcast right now on boundaries, guys. Okay. Let's come back to that. Gotta come back. So, and the whole reason we got this sidetracked was because we made it take a road trip. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was on me. Which Pack let, your snacks. Get we, ready. We're going for a journey. Which lets me know how repressed my food desires still are. Yeah. That is still deeply in me. Yeah. No, that I, I think this, this might be the most important gift we give ourselves in relationships mm-hmm. is realizing that I am... When things in my relationships shift and I feel them change, I'm either, when I feel them change for the worse, I'm slipping into story. And when I feel them change for the better, I'm getting out of story. Yeah. And it's, it is a whole lot easier. And I think this is the, this is one of the things worth calling out. It is way easier to slip into story and it takes a whole lot of intention to get out of it. Yep. Right. And the way, so there's a premise we're going to establish and then we're going to break it down. So the way we get out of story is open, honest, responsible communication. Yeah. So open, <laughs> honest, responsible communication. And the thing that it really hinges on is this idea of responsibility, mm-hmm. right? So open and honest can look like, hey, when you do this, I feel, right? You make me you, really Or mad. no, that's even better because I feel it would be responsibility. When you do this, you make me feel. Yeah, you always right? do this and it makes me feel bad. Yeah. That's generally how it starts. Yeah. So that's communication that's open and it's honest. I am feeling these things. It's not necessarily effective. No, not effective because (laughs) it's missing responsibility. Uh Like, for example, a great example of responsibility would be when you do this, I feel. Right. right? Because no one makes me feel anything. Right. I own my own emotions. I own my own emotions. I own that I'm choosing when you behave this way, I write a story about it and it kicks off a cocktail of drugs that we know as emotions, mm-hmm. right? But it's way easier to blame someone else it's for way those easier. emotions. Yeah, which is why you can have open, honest communication and stay in the box. Ooh, talk about that for a second. Yeah, so we can be talking about how we feel all the time and never take yeah. responsibility for how we feel. And responsibility is the thing that begins to... I have to own that even though both of us are in story, I'm... Writing one of the stories, yeah, right. I am a co-writer in this dysfunctional. Yeah, it's not like sitcom. it's just the other person that's written the the narrative that's holding us back. I'm I'm a player in this as well. Yeah, the the cultural analogy of this is, and we've heard it said in so many different like friendship talks and leadership talks. When someone says, "Man, I just hate drama," right, <laughs> and then their life is full of it. Yeah, it's like I'm the common denominator it's in me. all. It's me. In the words of Taylor Swift, it's me. I'm the problem. It's me. Right, like. <laughs> What's that meme? I did this in a, a talk I did one time at church uh, when I spoke. The meme um, from Scooby-Doo. And it's like when you... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. you <laughs> when unmask you, the monster. When and... you ask the monster. It's like when you realize who's the cause of all of your relationship issues. It's, it's, it's me. me. <laughs> right? It's me because I'm not taking responsibility for what I am creating. Right. Right? Yeah. And that's why we struggle with open, honest, responsible communication, because I don't actually, when I'm in that place, I don't have an adequate understanding of where I end and you begin Mm -hmm. because I don't see myself as a whole person on my own. Yeah. I have to be in this narrative with the, the people in my world. And often it's a repeated narrative. That's what's interesting. It can take a certain form in your romantic relationship. And it's that same narrative that can take a different form with your boss 
or family members, it all comes down to, I can't actually be responsible for how I am allowing myself to feel or the story that I'm telling myself about situations that come up because I'm not whole. Mm -hmm. I, it's like, I have this bottom, you know, just hole in the bottom of the bucket that keeps coming out that I can't quite figure out how to keep from leaking. Yeah, it's, it's in essence like if I keep chameleoning for you, maybe I will find me. Hmm. Right? Yeah. And that is downstream from this idea. We heard this a lot in church growing up. You, you're not looking for someone to complete you. You're looking for someone to compliment you. Right? Mm-hmm. And this really starts to get to the core of one of the things that is important to understand, which is boundaries. There is inherently a end to me. And a start to the people right. around me. But most of us understand boundaries as you can't do that because it violates my boundary. Yeah. It's all about the other person and what they can or can't do because they're violating me versus boundaries start and end with me. Yeah. It, it is the definition of how I am opening myself. I don't know if that's the right term to interact, to have someone interact with me. Yeah, it's the terms and conditions of what being in relationship right. with me would look like. It actually has nothing to do with their behavior. It's when their their behavior bumps up against a boundary in my own life. I'm not telling them you have to change this behavior. I'm change I am telling them I can't interact with you if that's how you're going to behave. Yeah. Your behavior is your own prerogative, right? Mm-hmm. We say this all the time to clients that we coach is I am responsible to you, but not for you. So that's where the responsible communication comes in is I'm responsible for how I've communicated my expectations, my boundaries, how, how I'm showing up in this situation, but I'm not responsible for how you choose to respond or the mm-hmm. actions that you choose to take. Yeah. And we, we can struggle with that. Because there's this inherent question of, am I full and complete without the other people in my life? Right? Like, Mm -hmm. I can't tell you how many people I've sat with recently and the encouragement to them is you have everything you need to create the life that you want to live for you. Yeah. Right? And when, when I am not, when I am convinced that I need relationships to complete me, one of the inherent premises of that is I don't have enough to be full on my own right which means that I don't have the strength to change on my own I don't have enough clarity on who I am to put up healthy boundaries right so then I'm this constant enmeshment of borrowing from other people all these things thinking that that's going to make me whole as opposed to understanding no I am a complete unit on my own yeah that can continue to grow and thrive and then I in healthy relationship complement other people and we create fulfillment and joy and we resonate with each other at a level that I wouldn't if I was just staying by myself mm. it's this unique realization that the fullest version of me creates the most fulfilling relationships yep and that continues to grow and develop over time well and it's interesting the picture that came to my mind is when we're in that state for so long where I'm just constantly pulling all these pieces from the people in my life and then I look in the mirror and I don't recognize myself and we wonder why that happens. It's literally, we're like this fragmented um, Frankenstein really Mm -hmm. of components from other people instead of simply 
doing, not simply, it's not simple at all, but taking the time to do the internal work to understand I am a whole complete being in and of myself and I have needs, I have desires, I have dreams, right? And that complements, that can complement the people in my world instead of there being this hole that has to be filled by someone else. Yeah, because if, and we're going to use our story to, a, a part of our marriage to explain this. Mm-hmm. And one other thing to say before we get into that story to give it a word picture is if we're not careful, my strength can be drawn to someone else's weakness, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Or what I perceive like the the cultural way to describe this is kind of like trauma bonding, right? Like I see <laughs> that in you and I can fix it, Yeah. right? And that is how our- And it ma- feels good yeah. to fix it. Yeah, in essence, yeah. I need to be needed by you. And that becomes the bond that we have. The problem becomes when one of us decides to grow and we don't need that from the other person anymore, mm-hmm. it's actually the thing that made our relationship the strongest, right? Yeah, it's what brought us closest together. Yeah, and then now no wonder I feel like whether that's a friendship, romantic partner, whatever, I don't feel like I'm connected to you anymore. And really what changed is that person started a journey towards their fullness and their wholeness. Yeah. And it's now mirroring to me, man, shoot, there's some stuff for me to go find wholeness in and completeness in, right? Yeah. And in essence, it is a, how would I put this? It is like a cheap super glue. It bonds strongly at the beginning and dissolves over time, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to, man... It like cracks off over Yeah, it time. cracks off yeah. over time. As opposed to, we are these two really complete, full people that are thriving in our own right. I, I have said many times, like one of the things that I was most attracted about to you is you did not need me, mm-hmm. right? Like you had a life that was headed in the right direction well before I came on right? Mm -hmm. And came into your world. And I was starting to figure out who I was and what I, and together we have taken on ourselves at a higher level than we ever would have alone. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's because we complement each other in that way. Right. And it wasn't always that way. No. Yeah. No. I mean, we were sitting here reflecting on some different moments earlier on in our marriage to figure out which (laughs) story to share. And the one that honestly is the best illustration of this dynamic in our relationship was there was a point about like four years into our marriage where um, my body started just having some weird stuff going on. And through a long series of doctor visits and lots of questions asked, we ended up finding out that I had an autoimmune condition that had been misdiagnosed for years and years. And it had just shown up in some pretty like intense ways as far as it affected our lifestyle a lot. So we had to make some massive lifestyle changes, completely change the way we eat. Um, products we use, whole bunch of stuff. And in the midst of that, I had gotten to a point where I completely lost all trust in my body. Like I felt like an alien in my own skin and I just felt like anything I felt in my body that felt off, I couldn't trust. I couldn't like really put a name to. I would always, at the time, I would jump immediately into like an extreme spiral of like something's really wrong and I'm dying and like I need to go (laughs) to the doctor. And I, That's when we established the no web MD. Yes. Yeah. yeah we put you up. Do, you do not get to Google your symptoms. <laughs> Which if anyone relates to that, please do not Google your symptoms. Please don't do it. It is just going to lead you down a dark path. Um, 
And it could be I'm having autoimmune therapy or I'm dying tonight. Yeah, I have a tumor that's going to kill me. Stage 17 cancer. Why does it always lead to a tumor? All yeah. paths lead, lead to, to a tumor. Yeah, if you click just, on WebMD just long enough. Don't do it. Yes. It's not going to help you. Um, and so I I didn't realize, and this was before I, I started working with um, my own therapist and my coach, and I actually didn't realize how strongly I had become attached to your ability to talk me out of those spirals. Um, because you have a background. It's so funny. Like, it's not like you have this massive medical background. However, I am fascinated in another life. I would have been a doctor. Yeah. You totally could have, or an EMT, like you could have totally done that. Yeah. And you were, um, a first aid, um, what's first, it called? Yeah, first responder. You were a first yeah, responder. Like EMT basic. Yeah, and you trained lifeguards. I mean, you like did a lot in that space. And so you have, you have honestly good knowledge on your feet of like, is something serious that we need to like escalate and t- go to the doctor when it comes to other people, not in your own body, which no, is funny. I don't feel pain. It's stupid. No, and of I course. Just yeah. It. No. Um, and so I became overly reliant on you to pull me out of those emotional, emotional spirals. And it got to the point where like, I, if I was in one of those spaces, like I wasn't going to eat well, I wasn't going to work out and I wasn't going to come out of that space unless you were pulling me out of it. Yeah. Unless I demanded you come out of it. Yeah. And it, that like, so that was from your seat in my seat. I love solving problems and I love developing people. Yep. So I, there was a whole season where I felt most like me pulling you out of that mm-hmm. because like, Hey, I'm doing my thing. Yeah. Like I'm holding you accountable. I'm right. pushing you. And what started to develop was resentment in me towards you that I constantly had to pull you out and resentment in you towards me that I was constantly dragging you out right. of that. Yeah. Yep. So I think that's the unique thing about what we're getting at with this boundaries thing is at a lack of boundaries at the beginning feels like a solid connection. Mm. And then as we develop over time, it becomes the thing that tears us apart. Yeah. It becomes the thing I resent. Cause it's always going to lead to resentment. Yeah. Like I've, I've looked at, I've looked at, and this is literally as a mirror to us, right? Yeah. Because I remember how bad this felt and we can like, I was even thinking like you've set some lofty athletic goals this, for this year. And so have I, and I can quickly slip into, come on, Britt, you, you got to go work out because you said you wanted to do this. Right. And, and you're waiting almost for me to, like, that's something that we can slip yeah, into still to still this come day. Up. Yep. Yeah. So I'll be around the, we'll be around these young couples and one of the two is like domineering and really clear and knows what they want. And the other one's looking at him like, oh my gosh, aren't they the coolest thing since sliced bread? And I'm like, that's really sexy to you now in five years until it's not like you were going to hate that eventually. Right. Because at some point I'm going to want to express who I know myself to be. Right. Right. And this is the, this is the thing that was really humbling to me is observing this happen in our relationship, the renegotiation of that behavior in ourselves and calling that out and, and figuring out how to do that helpful, like, which by the way, we have learned for us holding your partner accountable is probably not the healthiest way to do that long term. Yeah. You know what I mean? This like, probably shouldn't be your only accountability. Yeah. And that's not to say there totally are days where one one or both of us will look at each other and say, like, hey, re- hey, remember, this is what we're doing. Like this you're training for this thing and you're in it and you're you've been working so hard. Like, let's stay in it. Right. Mm-hmm. 
And also we both have outside accountability that helps us continue to adhere to the things that we've committed to doing. Yeah, exactly. I, I think if I'm not careful, we start slipping into this power over under thing that is really defined by I'm up right now. And so I get to kind of lord it over you because we need one of us to be up, mm-hmm. right? And then, and then I end up resenting you that I'm the one pulling you up and you're the one holding me back. And then eventually we invert, right? Yep. And then it's like I'm you're holding me up and I'm dry, as opposed to. And man, then we don't actually know how to how to handle it when we're both up. Mm-hmm. It's like one of us has to be down in order for us to know how to function in our relationship. Yeah, and that's the big change we made is or have been working to continually improve on is your commitment is to get really, really clear on who you are, what you're looking to create, what brings about your fullness, right? Mm -hmm. I'm working to do that. And then we both give each other full permission to chase and develop that. Right. And, and, and go after it and to encourage it in each other. And in the understanding and the clarity of who we are individually, we are supercharging who we are together. Yeah. I think something that's interesting that we navigated in this, I think me more so as I've learned to step into and really trust the fullness of who I have been made to be. I had this fear that by both of us growing and really stepping in what we have come to understand as our fullness, like the fullest capacity of who God designed us to be, that it would somehow like drive us apart. Like it's like we almost like grow too much to be able to be together and that couldn't be further from the truth. Because as I really grow and understand my fullness as a individual human being and who God has made me to be and the unique things that have been put inside of me and the voice that I have, all of these things, right? It actually allows me to make more space for you in our relationship and, and brings us closer together in a way that actually leads us forward instead of keeps us kind of spinning our wheels in certain areas. Yeah, well, when when we're in that, when we're not exchanging in fullness and we're exchanging in lack, right? Like I'm the one who's winning right now and so I'm going to be the one who's driving us forward. Then our relationship to the other person is they're always diminished, right? Yeah. So I actually need you to stay small so I know my role mm-hmm. in our relationship, right? And I Because like, if you're enough, if you have everything you need, then what do I do? Yes. Where's what's the part that I play? Yeah, I I I don't know if we've I can't remember if we called this out specifically in this podcast yet, but the my favorite definition of codependency is needing to be needed. Right. Right. Yep. Which again can quick so this this displays in two ways. The obvious way that that is displayed is more the subservient, like I'm going to come alongside you and chameleon into whatever it is that you need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. The the side that I think is less talked about and is still codependent is a domineering personality that needs someone to lead, mm. right? Like, so I have been around... It and needs other people to be small or to fit in that yeah. role. That This shows up a lot in like a boss-employee dynamic mm-hmm. where they don't... If you're under unhealthy leadership, they quite literally don't know how to operate if they're not micromanaging and like have that control over every single thing happening. Yeah. So for every, I have, I have realized this in every relationship dynamic for every friend who feels like they've lost themselves and don't know who they are, there's, or for every dating relationship or family, like this happens a lot with parents and children, Mm -hmm. right? Where... 
for every person who feels like they don't know who they are, there's someone with real immense clarity on who they want that person to be. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't set the context... It will be set for you. It'll be set for you. And that's a lack of boundaries. Mm-hmm. Right? So now codependency and lack of boundaries become pretty enmeshed. Yep. Right? And it is the context of, right, if I'm looking for someone to complete me, I'm quite literally codependent. And so I have a lack of boundaries. And that is prime ground for resentment and bitterness to start to grow. Right? Yeah. Because at some point, I don't want to play the character you have told me I need to play and that I have agreed to playing. And this is the thing that's, that sucks is we train ourselves that that's our relationship, Right. And then generally the one who's lording over, it's working really well for them because they get to keep the power they want, right? <laughs> and the person who feels lorded over at some point decides they don't want to be a servant anymore. They want to be an equal, mm-hmm. right? Here's the problem. I begin to resent the person who's been lording over me, but I train them that that behavior is what I want. Talk, say that in a different way. Yeah, so like... When there's someone who I am used to defining who I am, the role I play, and all that kind of stuff, right? So think about if you've been in that relationship for years, Mm -hmm. right? Like I had friends growing up where they were definitely the domineering person in our relationship, right? And I started to grow and take myself on and get a strong sense of self and say, hey, I don't really like it that you always choose what we do and what that looks like, right? I want to do this. Yeah. And then the person who... Like, literally a couple weeks before that behavior was totally acceptable. Right. Is like, well, where where's this coming from? Yeah. Like, you completely changed the rules. And this was really working for me. Yeah. And I thought it was working for you because you weren't saying something. Right. Right? And now we're back to the beginning out of the box is responsibility. Yeah. I'm going. So, I've had conversations. We've had conversations like this. Hey, I am really sorry that I did not stand up for my boundary and my fullness in this area. And that's on me. I trained you that your behavior was okay. Yeah, I take responsibility for that. I take responsibility for the fact that this has been common in our relationship, even though it was frustrating to me. Yep. Yeah, that is open, honest, responsible communication. Which is why getting out of the box feels so intense. Because it requires for me to first take responsibility of the actions that I've taken to that point. Mm -hmm. Like you just described. Yeah. And it's scary. So here's, here's, I think, a good place to end. All relationships that are in the box are playing a game of Mexican vulnerability standoff. Yep. Right? Hey, you put your guns down first. You be vulnerable first. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to be vulnerable first. Because I was vulnerable first last time and I got mowed over. And I got mowed over. The only way we get out is the first person to put their guns down and say, I'm not getting this part right. Mm. Yeah. And because it's scary because I could say, I'm not getting this part right and I want to see it improved. And the other person might mow me down and say, well, then screw you. I like the way this is working and I'm moving on. Yeah. Right? And it is still the only way out is the responsibility and the vulnerability of, hey, this isn't working for me. And I take responsibility for creating the environment where this thrived, at least my part of it. Right? And I would like to renegotiate how we engage each other in this area. Yeah. Here's the freeing part that is, I just think is so powerful when we finally understand even if I make the choice to be vulnerable and have open, honest, responsible communication and put my guns down and they choose not to, I don't have to stand there and take their fire. Mm -hmm. I still have the ability to honor my boundaries as a human being and exit stage left. Mm -hmm. And it's, 
this is such an interesting conversation for us to have because I want so badly, we literally talked before we started recording, I want so badly to be able to, to give you guys a three-step process for how to like have healthy boundaries and get there from, from here. And this really is so individual, depending on the person and the situation and the the dynamic that has existed. And it how is long. a whole genre of therapy and coaching yes. unto itself. Literally. I mean, we would not have the relationship we have today. We wouldn't be able to coach the couples that we do. We wouldn't be able to do any of the things that we do now had it not been for our journey with this through therapy individually and together and our coaching and so many books there are so many resources. If you're listening to this and you're like, shoot, I, this is me. <laughs> like whether it's your significant other or your boss or a family member, whoever's coming to mind right now, it is, there isn't going to be a clear three-step process. And this is a normal part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And there is a way forward. And oftentimes what we have found the way forward has come from inviting other people into that story because the reality is, we've talked about this before, we're all too close to our own problems, right? When we've been in a certain storyline, when we've been in the box for so long, it's all we can see. We can't see a path forward. And so the job of a coach, the job of a therapist is to come alongside you and help you zoom out and see a different way forward mm -hmm. and, the t and the next steps to take. Yeah. So. I mean, this is why we coach yeah. is we help get people perspective. We partner with them to get perspective, get yep. clear on what they want to create. And then the things that would need to be true to make that right. happen. Because no one's sitting here like listening and being like, yeah, that's me. And I'm okay with it. Like, <laughs> No one wants to stay in a relational dynamic that's destructive and makes them feel crappy about themselves and not fulfilled. Yeah. Well, and it doesn't I, have to be that way. It doesn't have, let's say it that way. I think there's times when we have convinced ourselves because of the habits we bring into every relationship mm -hmm. that this is just my lot in life. Yeah, that's, that's just that how is, relationships That are. is not how relationships have to be. And you can partner with people that help you begin to reframe how you relate to other people, starting with how you relate to yourself. Yeah. So this is where we're going to end today. And our next episode, we're going to get into the role of conflict in boundaries and why that's so important. So if this is you, again, if you're resonating with this today and you there's a certain relationship coming to front of mind, I would we would encourage you to start thinking through what are some of the stories that you've been holding on to? And is there someone in your world, whether it's us or a therapist or a book that you're interested in reading that you think could help, what's something that could help you start to see differently? And take the steps. What would it look like to take the steps to invite that in? And we'll talk to you next week. Hey friends, Brittany here. Thanks so much for tuning into today's episode. If you found this helpful, we would love to hear from you. If you have questions, thoughts, send those through info, info at axioswellness.com. You can get a hold of us on social media at axios underscore wellness. We'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to this podcast. This helps it reach more people and share this episode with anyone that you think would benefit from it. And we'll see you next week.